0: Welcome to the Spiritual and Rich AF Podcast, where we talk about all things business, wealth, pleasure, and spirituality. I'm Denise Finery, and as your life and business coach, I blend grounded business strategy with the highest level of mindset work supported by the energetics that brings you into deeper alignment with your sacred work and allows you to live your dream life. Each week, I'll help you elevate the powerful message that wants to come through you and activate your aligned brand that is the deepest expression of your felt purpose. We will do this by opening up to the energy that allows you to create, receive, and have more visibility, wealth, and impact. It's a new paradigm, one where you are well paid for your gifts and fulfillment is your natural state. It's time to align and ascend in your life and business. By just listening to this podcast, the transmissions and transformations begin. You ready? Because you can be spiritual and rich AF. Hello, Soul Family, and welcome back to another episode. I hope y'all are ready for this week's transmission. Uh, Again, I just got the inspiration for this one when I was recording last week's or writing last week's episode I was outside. I was just doing my thing, enjoying Mother Nature. And I guess she really decided to speak to me very loudly. And then I got the idea for this podcast and a few other ones. So just kind of put little notes in the side so I could keep myself focused on the one that I was writing at the time. But I knew that this one would be the follow up to that. And I'm so excited to share this one. So I called this episode Embodied Alchemy. And I want to talk a little bit about the definitions of those two words. So we can just get real clear um, just kind of why I use those words and where else they're showing up in my business. So embodiment, embodiment or incarnation is defined as the giving of human form to a spirit to make manifest or comprehensible an idea or concept through a physical presentation. Okay, so to make manifest or comprehensible an idea or concept, so it's becoming manifested, right, through physical presentation. But I also, what I really loved about this definition that, by the way, I got both of these from the internet, um, embodiment is the giving of human form to a spirit. So I just absolutely love that, right? And then alchemy is defined as the process of taking something ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary, sometimes in a way that cannot be explained. So I love that definition of alchemy. And embodied alchemy is about the work that we do internally, the work that we do within the physical body that allows for us to transform into something extraordinary. So it's the identity shifts. It's the inner work. It's the the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual practices that we use in our toolbox to facilitate our own transformation. And my first business was called Pure Alchemy. And I still have the website for it. Like I still have an LLC for that. And so Embodied Alchemy is like an offshoot of that. So under Pure Alchemy, I did life and wellness coaching through the Ayurvedic lens. I mentored yoga teachers in their first few months of their careers as yoga teachers. I helped them start their businesses. I held tons of workshops for, you know, all sorts of people, like not just yoga teachers, but anyone who is interested in Ayurveda intro to Ayurveda workshops. I did workshops on how to do certain inversions that people wanted to do. I held life coaching circles. I did new moon circles and I still do them. So the word alchemy has been just a part of my business since the very beginning. So like it was like my first Instagram um, name. It was like the name of my business when I wasn't even on social media, had business cards and it just has such a fond place in my heart. And I just think that my connection to it has gotten stronger. I've even played around with changing the name of the mastermind, the soulful six figures to pure alchemy because it's just more on brand. Well, anyhow, so when I was thinking of creating a coaching program that supports yoga teachers and healers and other spiritual workers to add coaching to their current work or just to simply learn how to become a spiritual coach or really just to take themselves through a process that is holistic in nature, this embodied alchemy name just like naturally came for me. It's what made so much sense when it came through. Like it really wasn't mine, like Divine (laughs) gave me that name. So my approach to inner work is that it's more than mindset. Mindset and your thoughts, your subconscious, your conscious, as we spoke at length last week, have a huge part in the reality and results of your life, but mindset has its limitations simply because our minds are tainted by the lens of experience we have, and much of our trauma, our memory, imprints, they live in the body, not the mind, (laughs) not simply the mind. The mind can actually block out certain or specific memories to keep you from revisiting painful ones, but that doesn't mean it's gone from your experience. No, right? Like it's in the unconscious and your body knows. Your body will communicate to you when it doesn't feel safe, even when to your logical mind, it doesn't make sense. I've coached more people on showing up on social, going to network events, telling people that they have an offer, making offers to people, telling someone their price, and basically being a real human being, making real connections with people from a place of service. And sometimes they don't do it. They won't take that action of like going to the networking event, going on, you know, uh, showing up on social or just telling people about their business and that they have an offer. They know logically that they have to show up and tell people about their business. Like that's logical, right? As a business owner, they know that they have to tell people they have a business and yet they feel really blocked from doing it. And that's because there's something beneath that, a trauma response that's remembered in the body. And there are different grades of trauma, so I'm not going to I'm not just talking about You know, traumatic, tragic experiences or PTSD. There's also little trauma where trauma is defined as anything that overwhelms your system. And essentially what happens is your body doesn't process the emotion and experience. So instead, of it being processed and digested and integrated, it becomes an energy stuck in some part of the body. So in Ayurveda and yoga, they speak of the body having trapped memories in the form of energy in the connective tissue of your body. So we tend to carry tightness in the body, pain in the body, which isn't simply a matter of you getting injured or like you have to do more exercise. It's energy stored in the body that hasn't moved because it hasn't been given the time to express itself. Emotion is energy in motion. But how often do you allow yourself to feel, to truly feel your emotions and allow the energy in motion to stay in motion and move? Like sit and cry, let grief consume you so you can feel it or allow exhilaration to fill you from your toes to your crown to like really sit in celebration and sufficiency. It's like we're all walking around attempting to heal and doing a pretty shitty job of it, <laughs> numbing ourselves with TV, porn, food, social media, when really our fucking bodies just want to feel free, free of the energy that wants to move. In Ayurveda, which I'm not going to, I should have said what, what it is earlier, but it's the sister science to yoga. So it's it's the system, the medical system that accompanies yoga. And it's one of the oldest medical systems that there is. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful practice. But I won't go into a, a lot of detail on Ayurveda. But essentially, in Ayurveda, we believe that there are two brains. You have the mind, and then there's one in the gut. And they're both responsible for digestion. So when you don't properly digest in the gut, what happens? Lots of toxicity in the body, right? And it can show up in symptoms like brain fog, headaches, incomplete or irregular bowel movements, acne. Well, our minds are the same way. When you don't digest experiences, it shows up in toxic symptomology as well. It gets expressed as feeling triggered when posting on social or getting into hustle mode, feeling a sense of anxiety around your business, not being able to charge properly for your services, things like that. So it's important that you do mindset work. And last week's episode, I outlined a process for doing the deconditioning work. And today I want to get into the body. So in my toolbox that I teach to my clients for their own personal integration, and then they can use with their own clients, it is a mix of the science and the spiritual, the timeless wisdom with a modern day layer to it. So Inside my program, we do inner child work, shadow work, subconscious reprogramming, breath work, yoga, yoga philosophy, as well as Ayurvedic, somatic practices, embodiment practices, manifestation, understanding energetics. I teach, I mean, the list goes on and on, just to name a few. It is a multi modality approach to lasting change because those things work together holistically at the mind, body, soul level. So we can address the whole being. Our clients also are whole beings. And so working with your clients in this mind, body, soul approach, this holistic approach is really what I think the most ethical way to work with clients. Because just addressing the mind and not accounting for trauma that lives in the body, memory that lives in the body, or our energy and how to shift it and having practices to help our clients in this mind-body-soul approach is leaving out a huge, huge, huge portion that goes along with lasting change. Because working with the mind alone is very helpful, but imagine if you got The body on board. You got the nervous system on board. Think about how that could really change things for you and your own personal practice and then for your clients. So a holistic approach to serve you and your clients at the mind-body-soul level is, to me, the best approach. (laughs) So in the Yoga Sutras, one of the core texts, which is a core text of yoga philosophy, Patanjali outlines pretty much everything you need to know about yoga and the path of yoga. And it begins first, there are eight limbs of yoga, and the first two, the yamas and niyamas, which are ethical and moral practices and observances, observances for, for living life. So I'm not going to go into too much on those on this episode. But the third step is asana, which are the postures of yoga. So in the sutras, there's none of this postures that you might see in a regular yoga class, but really like a meditation seat and um, a few other postures, but nonetheless, it's postures. It's the body. <laughs> the fourth is breath and energy working with the, the, the energetic body, the life force body. Um, and he doesn't get to the mind until like step six, seven, and eight, which are concentration, contemplation, and then enlightenment. And there's a very good reason for why the body and the energy come first. The body prepares the mind to be receptive. Moving the body Heating it up from a cellular level to change the physiological chemistry of the body through movement and breath work allows the mind to release its grip so you can get quiet enough to hear yourself, to observe the inner workings of your own mind. And this makes even more sense today when you think about the constant external stimulation we are bombarded with each day. Our minds are overactive, anxious, and distracted by external forces that are coming at us all day long. So it doesn't make sense then to try and force mindset work when you can create optimal conditions for that mindset work after doing some somatic and energetic work. Another way to use the body is when you are triggered, right? So that first way to use the body and breath and movement is to calm the mind down and allow it to go inward, allow it to have that quiet space to observe it. But the way that you get to that quiet space, yes, of course, you could do it first thing in the morning where your mind tends to be less active, but... If that's not possible for you or you want to do mindset work later in the day <laughs> or at night, doing a movement practice is going to be very helpful for you. Doing some breath work could be really helpful for you to get grounded, quiet down to then be able to look at your mind objectively. The other way to use your body or when to use your body is when you are triggered. So when you're in, let's say, a trauma response, no matter like what degree, doing mindset work is going to set your brain on fire and not in a good way. Here's the thing when you are tri- in a triggered state, it means that the fear part of your brain has come online and the prefrontal cortex has gone offline. And we actually want that to happen when when we're in danger, we don't want our prefrontal cortex to have to think about what to do. We actually want our bodies to simply react and do it quickly so that we can get back to safety. The problem is that that part of your brain hasn't evolved yet to see that there are many situations that are not life-threatening. So it can go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn when it's actually not helpful to you. And I want you to remember this is really important that the logical part of your brain has gone offline when you are in a fight, fly, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. The rational, logical part of your brain, the planning part, that that goal-oriented, future-focused part of the brain, it literally has gone offline. There's nobody home in that part of the brain because the fear brain kicks on so you can react and get yourself to safety through an automatic fight, flight, freeze or fawn response. So you cannot coach yourself in a triggered state. You can't coach a client if they're in a triggered state or you're in a triggered state. You have lost the capacity to do any of that kind of work because that part of your brain that's responsible for that has actually gone offline. So you have to create safety in yourself first, and that has to happen in the body. You have to use tools that work with the body, not the mind. And only until your prefrontal cortex comes back online will you be able to look at that experience and what happened. So I wanted to just state that because I think that that can't be underestimated, the power of doing that kind of work of having tools that can ground you through the physical body, through the energetic body, and not try to coach yourself out of a triggered state that it actually won't work and you could be not doing more harm, but you certainly aren't going to be doing yourself any favors to be trying to force yourself to get into a high vibration when you're literally in a triggered response. Okay. Another reason you might want to access your body's wisdom is to raise your energy. I 100% believe that the most important part of your business is the energy in which you are working within it and the energy that you bring to it. You can do mindset work to raise your energy and the frequency of what you're doing, but another way, an equally powerful way, is to use your body. If you're feeling doubt or not good enough, Don't sit there and try to believe new thoughts and mantra your way out of it. Get up from the desk and get out of your house. Ground with the energy of Mother Earth. Go for a walk or a run. Pet your dog. Get sunshine. Go to yoga. Dance. Move your body with the freedom that it's actually meant to move. Create a playlist of music that to you is high vibration and dance. Move your body. And here's why. Your central energy channel is your spine, and the flexibility of your spine dictates the overall health. So this is your emotional, your mental, your physical and spiritual wellness. Your spine is the channel called sushumna nadi. And in the energy body, there are 72,000 nadis. These nadis spring from just three basic nadis, the left, the right, and the central. So the Ida, pingala and sushumna. Nadis are, their pathways or channels in which energy prana moves in the body, okay? So if you cut a body open, you wouldn't see these. These are energetic channels. But the most important is Shishamna Nadi and most texts agree that this channel begins at the base of the spine with the first chakra, your root chakra, muladhara, and it moves up the spine working with each chakra as it moves up the spine, from the spine to the crown. So shushimna is often translated as joyful mind or, or most gracious, and some can refer to like wisdom and peace. The three nadis, so shushimna is the central, and then you have ida and pingala, are known as the three base primary ones. So Ida is considered the passive channel, the more feminine energy, the moon, the yin, whereas Pingala is the masculine, more active sun, yang energy. And you need both, right? You need yin and yang. You need feminine and masculine, right? So a lot of energetic practices, a lot of breath work, is used to bring these channels into balance. And sushumna is the expression of the perfect balance between. The other two nadis, Ida and Pingala, which are the polar aspects of our being, right? So we are both masculine and feminine energy. This has nothing to do with gender. This has nothing to do with sex. This is literally just masculine and feminine energy. So when those two channels are brought into in- equilibrium, It means that the energy is now in the Sushumna channel. So you've balanced out the sun and the moon, the yin and the yang, the masculine, feminine, pingala or ida, right? Pingala and ida. It facilitates the awakening and what is known as the rising of kundalini shakti through the main energy channel, which can lead to the awakening of higher consciousness. So I want to say all of this To really layer in how important energy really is, right? Like, there's different ways that I talk about energy. I talk about, you know, if you are questioning your offer, then maybe the energy around your offer is one of doubt. And so the energy that you have around your offer is doubt, and the energy might shift in and out of doubt depending on how you are thinking about your offer. But we have practices that you can do to support that energy shift, right? And I talk so much about like your higher self, that higher consciousness that exists within you would never doubt your offer because it's an all-knowing, all-divine, something larger than ourselves source (laughs) that is the higher self. It is that higher consciousness, So I'm not saying that you want to raise your kundalini whatsoever, okay? I do not um, subscribe to, to that per se, but there are things that you can do to change the energy that you are feeling in any given moment just by utilizing your breath or utilizing some yoga postures or finding a movement practice that actually works for you, and what happens when you start to cultivate balance of this energy in your body is it can lead to greater clarity, greater harmony, satisfaction, peace, success, creativity. okay And so again you can you can move your body, do breath work to activate that balance of energy and it's going to allow you to enter into a place of clarity. Many of you are looking for clarity. You're looking for harmony and satisfaction and peace and success in your business. You want to open up the channel of creativity, right? So many of you are like, "I don't know how to be more creative. How do I write this?" And how you can do that? How you can begin to cultivate these other energies, this energy of satisfaction and creativity and clarity and harmony is through the body, is through the energetic practices that will help you cultivate that in your body and if you couple that with the mindset work, how powerful of a system do you have? How powerful of a toolbox do you have for yourself? Okay, because it's not just one thing, it's all of these things together, right? And guys, there is these texts are thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. Like scholars believe that the Ayurvedic text, the Chetaka Samhita, is like 10,000 years old and the Yoga Sutras could be equally as old. So there is a lot of wisdom here, thousands and thousands of years worth of wisdom that we I think the western world is starting to come around and really see the truth in a lot of what is already in these texts. And these texts are are there. Like they're just there for us to read and to digest. I'm sorry. So I digress. I'm going off on a little bit of a rant, but I just feel so passionate about this. So again, you can move your body, you can do breath work to activate and balance the energy you have, do somatic work and practices to aid your thought work. So when I say that it is more than mindset, it is. They are all beautiful tools, especially when you work them together because they are are part of who we are. We are a whole being. We are not just our mind. So why are we just focused on mindset work when we have a soul, when we have energy, when we have a body, and we can utilize all parts of ourselves to create the lasting change that you're looking for? So this is just part of the my approach, my multi-modality approach to doing the inner work. And if you think growing a business that this has nothing to do with growing a business, you clearly are not trying to grow a business. <laughs> this podcast. I don't know why you'd be listening. But if you are trying to grow a business, then or you're trying to create lasting change in your life, like then you might realize that it's not just about the actions that you're taking. It's not just about the the things that you clearly are doing in your business. That there's a lot more inner work that has to be done to support the outer work that you are trying to accomplish. So, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It is meant to be in I guess you could say in not it's not necessarily part 2 of last week's, but it's meant to be taken together from last week's episode. And I really wanted to talk a lot about the body and breath work and some other practices that could support you in the work that you're doing inside your business and that it's mindset, yes, that's a huge, huge part. But sometimes when the mind is just being you know, a little difficult, (laughs) which it can be because it's the human mind. We have a body that we don't want to ignore, that there's a whole other part of us that like exists below the throat. (laughs) So I love all of you guys so much. And I want to invite you to join the waitlist for Soulful Six Figures Mastermind. As of right now, this coaching program that where I teach you this multi-modality approach is actually included in the Soulful Six Figures Mastermind for the time being. It is a bonus. I'm not sure how long I will keep it that way. As of right now, though, it is part of it. So if you're interested in learning more about how to coach using these tools, and this is something that maybe you want to add, you want to add coaching to your offer, then I want to invite you to a call so you can learn more about this. And of course, learn more about the mastermind. Okay, my friends, much love to you soul family. This was a big transmission that came through and feels a little risky because like half of the internet is saying like, it's mindset, mindset, mindset. And here I am like, yes, it's mindset guys, but we also have a fucking body and energy that we can also work with. Okay. I love all of you so much and I will see you all next week. And that's it for today's episode. If you love the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and leave a rating and a review. If you desire to elevate the coaching or yoga industry, ultimately impacting more people, we need more soul-led entrepreneurs listening to this message so they know they can create a purposeful and profitable business. If you're ready to join me, it's time for you to schedule a call to learn more about how we can create some magic in my one-to-one coaching container or my mastermind. Go to denisefinieri.com to learn more. The link is in the show notes. And hey, let's hang out on IG. I'm at Denise I'll see you there.